a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you, uh, that you meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is uh, exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am very excited for you to meet them. Uh, all right, so now while today's guest uh, is a contemporary uh, of, uh, of mine and, uh, and most of our MANA guests, uh, he's a bit of a throwback, I'd say, in all the right ways. Um, beyond his chiseled good looks and Jack Armstrong physique, uh, he embodies an era where morality, uh, responsibility, truth, civility, goodness uh, were not relegated um, to rarity or relativism. Uh, ditto and profoundly demonstrated uh, in his faith, where his absolute, no questions asked, devotion uh, is manifest in his vocation as a husband, his love as a father of some of those amazing kids other than our own, especially uh, our godson, who's uh, particularly godly, uh, his reverence as a son, and his fraternity with, uh, with his brothers, both, both kin and college. Uh, he is a successful, in addition to all that, he's a, a successful business leader and a freakishly proficient uh, cook and craftsman and gardener and reader. And, and in fact, we are, we're actually at his uh, beautiful home here and sitting outside just so, I can, just so I can paint a picture of envy for all of you listeners. We're sitting outside in this amazing pergola in this outdoor kind of kitchen thing uh, where it, 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 it seriously would, would, would rival any probably five-star kind of setup and, and, and sitting uh, in chairs and using a table that the dude built himself. So it's a very, now that I'm thinking of it, 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 it's very intimidating to be here right now. So thankfully I have all of the editing equipment and I can make this sound. Uh, I can, I can crank up my volume. <laughs> Maybe I'll play with your volume sometimes <laughs> to make you sound a little less, you know, whatever, less uh, awesome than you are. But you are awesome. And I am just, I, I, uh, I couldn't be, I couldn't be uh, grateful, more grateful to have you here. And it was actually, uh, even though this show is manna and we talk about, we celebrate men uh, and their faith life, it was actually two women that brought us together. So our two wonderful wives who had the good sense to become friends uh, uh, before we became friends. And they, so they're the ones that brought us together and as all great relationships go. So anyway, I cannot, uh, I'm just so grateful that you're here and I'm, I'm grateful for everybody to, to get to meet today's Man Up Man, Mr. Dan McGurn. Daniel, my brother. Jeff, hey, it's a record this year. How many times we've seen each other? Exactly. Amazing what happens when we move back to the exactly. to Minnesota. We, yes, we we're, we're wrecking the yeah. curve. So Dan and his wonderful family have been unfortunately spending way too much time away from the uh, the, the sort of Minnesota area codes, and uh, just got back from Texas. Uh, where you still, you left one of your daughters still down yes, there, but yes. uh, she'll be back yeah. hopefully. <laughs> and by the way, I do believe the first time we met was your wedding. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think that my was my wife and I were just dating and it was my introduction to all of you. That's right. That was it. And then we sucked you in and we haven't <laughs> let you go since. So, yeah. so anyway, so great to have you here and great to, great to be here. And, uh, and so I want to kind of jump in, you know, what I love so much about you, uh, Dan, is your, you are, you are game 
to jump into the deep end. And so we're going to talk about your, your upbringing and, and, and your brothers and all that kind of fun kind of background stuff. But I kind of want to jump in to the deep end of, of what I'm referring to kind of in the intro. You know, we talk about being a throwback to a time when, um, and I'll just kind of own this, I feel like our society had, um, and, 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 and especially kind of in the faith sort of like channels, had, I had a much greater appetite for sense and sensibilities of what was right and wrong, you know, and in terms of raising kids and, and how people treated each other, you know, civility. There was just t- less of a sort of relativist uh, sense, um, and it, which is different than, than, than tolerance. One of the wonderful things I think about our, our world today is we are, a, we are a much more tolerant and diverse and, and welcoming world, which is nothing but fantastic. But I feel like from a relativist standpoint, relativism, which is different than tolerance, is, has, has affected most of guys like you and I and it's kind of our upbringing, you know, uh, how we were raised and now how we are either parenting or uh, living as husbands or, or working. And so, but you have this wonderful sense of, of you know, this confidence and, and this sort of steadfastness about how, you know, they're, they, like it's, it's okay to, to kind of weigh in on things that are right and wrong. And, and, and it affects the, the shape of your, of not your, just your personal life, but your family your friends like us. And so anyway, I just, I love that about you. And I want to know where that comes from. Uh, you know, is that something that was always part of your life? Or do you feel like, you know, that's something that you've sort of grown into as you've become a husband and a father and just as we all kind of age? Um, because it is, it is a bit, at times I would imagine you feel like you're swimming upstream. You know, it's, it's kind of counter cultural to, mm-hmm. to what our culture is today. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate your comment, and I appreciate that you see it as a positive. Uh, some people might call it stubbornness, I suppose. <laughs> uh, when it's good, it's good. When it's not good, perhaps it's it's not so good. Uh, you know, I don't know, Jeff. I guess, you know, I grew up with six older brothers where every day was a battle yeah. uh, with them, and you learn to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in, and it develops perseverance. And remind um, everybody where you are in those six. I'm, I'm the youngest of seven yeah, sons. Right, yeah. yeah, youngest of seven <laughs> sons. Seven boys in 10 years. So you can imagine what that, on the east side of St. Paul, it was, it was something. Um, my dad was, I mean, he was a rock. He was very clear at what he stood for, and he was not going to bend. Uh, and, you know, maybe another piece of it is, you know, I'm an engineer by training, um, so I don't maybe understand relativism or philosophy or things so well. And in, in science, it's it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's very clear if it's right or wrong. And I suppose my logic has been that way as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who were some people, you know, you mentioned your brothers, your dad, were there, were there some, especially guys, were there some men that, that stand, stand out for you where, you know, they were also, you know, confident in sort of the choices they were making and, and not, and, 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 and the, you know, potential, you know, repercussions of making those choices that you felt like, you know what, that's the kind of courage, that's the kind of confidence that I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, it was, uh, it was certain teachers, it was uh, certain parents of friends of mine uh, that I admired, uh, family members. 
but you know, also I, I read a long time ago, I think it was Rich Carlsgaard from Forbes Digital said, stop reading business books. Hmm. They're all the same. And his advice was, if you want to learn about leadership, if you want to learn about character, if you want to learn about perseverance, read history. Mm. And so I read a tremendous amount of history. And yeah. if you were to ask me about my heroes from history, it would be clear. I mean, it would be the founding fathers. It would be John Paul II. Uh, it would be Ronald Reagan. It would be, you know, there's many people in history whose stories I think are just phenomenal. Abraham Lincoln and what they stood for and how they persevered and Winston Churchill and others that... Um, I guess those are some people that I admire as well. Yeah, yeah. How did, um, you know, because you, you mentioned big family, big, mm-hmm. you know, traditional, you know, kind of yeah, big Catholic, Irish, Catholic. Irish Catholic family, yeah, yeah. Uh, even in the Irish Catholic, you know, kind of neighborhoods there yes. you know, traditionally. How much do you feel, because um, I know your, your whole family is very, uh, comes from a very rich faith tradition. How much, how much of that faith tradition do you feel shaped your and it kind of emboldened you, you know, to, to, to live a confident life or, or is it, you know, is it compartmentalized at all or is it kind of there, it's kind of part and parcel, you know? No, I, I think it's absolutely the faith filled upbringing I have that's allowed me to be confident in my approach with my family, uh, with my work, with my friends. Um, it was, it was evident to me, my parents, faith and how it permeated everything that they did mm-hmm. uh, you know the stances they took on certain issues um, how they spent their time the the organizations they volunteered for um, you know our Catholic faith was absolutely critical to all of that um, the schools they sent us to the books we read uh, the activities we had yeah. uh, you know it's I mean that's the great memory I, ha- I have of my dad is is how he led his faith. Yeah, yeah, and how important it was to him. Yeah, were there any you know because from the from the uh, uh, from the outside when you, you kind of take it if, you, if we were to read the the, the biography of, of Dan McGurin and you go mm-hmm. back to the early days and the six brothers and the family and then and then you know you would the perception would be that it was basically you know from out of the womb it was like you know, hundred miles an hour and it's just, it's been steady. But have you, has, have there been periods in your life where you felt that, that, you know, that sense of faith and that kind of has, has even like amped up even more or you've, or it's gotten even more sort of profound for you. So whether it's, you know, and this, some of these fall into cliches, but it's like, you know, when you got married or, mm-hmm. you know, your first child, you know, and all of a sudden it even hits you even more, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like you started from a cold start, you know, yeah. like, oh, I was godless growing up, never had church. And it's like, no, you did. I yeah. mean, you went through all the sacraments and everything, mm-hmm. but have you had, when you think back on your life, have, have there been periods where you felt like, okay, the, like it actually stepped it up a church, sure. you know? Yeah. For sure, there's one very significant event that stepped up my faith. So I would say that up until I was, you know, 20 years old or so, 12 years of Catholic schools, went to Mass every Sunday, prayed at home, I knew everything, I think, about my Catholic faith, but I understood nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow, yeah. And uh, when I was 20, my dad died suddenly. We'll probably talk about that later, which had a significant impact on me. And uh, when I was 23, 24, when my wife and I were engaged, 
uh, well, we went through our uh, we went through our retreat for um, engaged couples in the Catholic Church. But a year after that, she decided to go through RCIA. Uh, she was Lutheran, wanted to be Catholic. And so it, it was kind of interesting. It was one night uh, she came up and said, hey, I'm, I said, where are you going? Well, I'm, I'm going to class. I said, well, I, th- I thought you were done. She said, no, it's for RCIA. Oh, okay. I had no idea. My grandma, who was Presbyterian before she came Catholic, had always told me, don't push her, don't push her, don't push her. Let mm-hmm. her make her own decision. Okay, grandma. And so she did. She made her own decision. And she went that night, came home and said, I'd really like you to come with me in the future. Okay, great. And so I went with her to every RCIA class, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. The priest who taught it, who you know, was fantastic. Former lawyer, so super logical, great um, debate skills. And so I would sit in this class and ask questions that had always troubled me or challenged me. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much. And, and now I think at that point I, I was more mature I also had some life experiences that were pretty challenging, like yeah. the loss of my dad. And so being able to ask him those questions and, and learn, like, not just, not ju- I mean, like, truly learn the depth of the faith, yeah. that was transformational to me. Yeah. So RCIA, with my wife, at that age, going back through and learning, having the opportunity to debate, discuss uh, logically with our priest, uh, absolutely was a transformational moment for me in my faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, um, you know, I, Nikki and I had a similar path and, and going through that with your spouse Mm -hmm. is just so you really, you know, um, even, even as you approach, you know, marriage and and you go through the classes and and you kind of get the whole like, Hey, this is a vocation. This is, you know, this is an opportunity to love like, you know, like Jesus loves and and you manifest that in through your marriage. Um, similarly, there was a, um, for me going through RCIA with Betsy, uh, really made that even more real, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause it, cause it is very, you know, you just, you, it just clicks like, okay. Yeah. Yep. And it's not just about the symmetry of like, okay, now we're all, you know, the same denomination. There's, it's not about the convenience, you know, of going to the same church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's very much of it. It's like you, you tap into a, an extra level of, of yeah. uh, depth, which is really cool. Right. Really cool. And, and, and for me, it was <clears throat> at an age where you had, you had those experiences, you had that maturity, you had a much different context to absorb the information and understand the information versus, mm-hmm. you know, a fifth grader or ninth yeah. grader, you know, so it was, it was really transformational for yeah. me. Yeah. How, um, you, you mentioned your dad and I know yeah. your dad was, was incredibly influential and, yep. and, Losing him, and um, you know whether it's whether it's a twenty or thirty. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't think when you lose a parent, um, it's never. There's never a good time for any of it. How? And so there's a little cliched here, but you know you hear about people when when they're faced, you know, with these extreme uh, episodes of adversity where. You know, they they sort of throw their hands over. You know, it's kind of like, why God? You know, how does God let stuff like this happen? How, if you can remember back, what amidst all of the grief, how did you process that grief, kind of through the lens of your faith? You know, was mm-hmm. it was it a was it a like okay, this totally sucks. Like everything happens for a reason. Well, I don't like this reason. Or was it something where it was? 
more of a gosh, thank goodness I have faith. Like th- I can't imagine if you wouldn't have had it. How, how did that? How did? How did? How did that? I could uh, talk a long time about this. Yeah. Uh, you know when it when it happened, of course you wondered why. This makes no sense. How could it be? Young guy, great shape, dies when he's out running, and uh, uh, so it was. At first, I think I was I was incredibly upset, um, but interesting, uh, and and it it created. You know, I did some really, I, you know, I was doing poorly in school. I was unhappy. I was, you know, just, I really had a lot of depression for almost a year. But interestingly, I got school back together. Uh, you know, I met Nikki, which was fantastic. But I still, there was still a hole somewhere. And I realized I really hadn't gone to mass since my dad's funeral. Mm. And so one, one Sunday morning before I was going to work, I stopped at, uh, I went to church. And it was interesting because the gospel was all about, you know, Peter being the rock of the church and building a solid foundation, not on sand, but on stone. And when I went up for communion, the priest, you know, normally the priest would, you know, offer you the Eucharist. In this case, as I had my hands out, he not only placed the Eucharist on my hands, but then he squeezed my hand, Um, which seemed very odd. Yeah. And then after mass, as I'm walking out, he stops me and says, hi, I'm Father so-and-so. Who are you? I don't believe I've met you before. I said, oh, I'm Dan McGrunn from you know, wherever. And, oh, it's so good to have you here today. And, I, and it was just interesting. Yeah. The gospel was perfect. The homily was perfect. The priest connected with me during communion and afterwards. And I walked out and I thought, ah, this is what I was missing. Right. This is what I was missing. And, and it was awesome. That's cool. And, uh, and, and so to your question, I wanted the same thing how do people who don't have faith deal with a situation like that? Cause I couldn't imagine dealing with it without having the faith yeah. knowing that his job on earth was done. He raised seven sons. He was a great husband and now he gets his reward. I mean, God bless him, you know, <laughs> right. way to go dad. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, once I got older and more mature and you look back and you think, you know, actually, should I really be sad that he died when I was 20. I mean, I had a phenomenal father for 20 years. Most people can't say that. So what am I feeling sorry for myself for? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think f- faith is, was critical to, to going through that. And uh, I can't imagine how people that don't have faith would deal with situations like that in their life. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, and, and even in telling that story, which I hadn't heard that story, and it's, it's also, I think, in, in those, in that, in that, squeeze of your hand that that priest mm-hmm. gave you that day like that's the holy spirit's working there you yeah, know what i, I mean? so. like absolutely that, you know and and so absolutely. it's all these little things that i just think you know and, and a lot of what we talk about on this on this podcast aren't necessarily the super theological rooted in you know a lot of intellect or scripture but it's just it's just you know trying to be aware of these little moments of grace you know that aren't coincidence you know mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not luck. <laughs> you yeah, know absolutely. It's like you were it's there. It's no accident. You're right. And mm-hmm. you, you, you decided to go to mass that day for a reason. And, yep. and everything that fell in wasn't just like, well, that's, gosh, you know, who, who, who would have thought that would have happened? Well, you know, I think God was thinking that was going to happen. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yep. So that's really, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, I love that. Um, you know, you talk about your brothers and, and, you know, and if for, as long as you're the only guy I know that has that many brothers and they're all, they're all, um, you know, you're, what, what was that like? And or I, we've talked about that. What is it like now? 
you know what like is that is that because um, I and we've you shared stories in the past so I just want other people to hear it so like when you all gather and and there's this really neat kind of you know um, bond that you have both biological but also I mean you're all living similar you know lives of of being great fathers and husbands and and how how has that helped you know it's all a big system I know <laughs> but how has specifically the relationship that you have with your brothers continued to just sort of like fuel you and kind of help you grow as a as as your as a, as a father and a, and a husband in your own right mm-hmm. well first having six brothers it, it, one of the phenomenal things about it is whenever there's an issue whenever there's an emergency, a challenge, everybody's there for you. Yeah, right. I mean, you absolutely can count on them. Uh, another wonderful thing, being the youngest, is you have a lot of examples. And I may ask advice. I may have, ask advice of certain brothers based upon their expertise or their experience. I may just observe. I may just watch life happen and, uh, and learn from that. Um, you know, so I guess, and it's interesting as as you get older and mature, when I was young, my friends will make fun of me because, I mean, I absolutely idolized my brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, you know, <laughs> they were the smartest, the most athletic, the best look. I mean, they were just everything I wanted to be. Yeah. And, uh, and as you get older, you start to realize they're mortal, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you realize they may make mistakes. I make mistakes. Um, life throws us challenges. Uh, we persevere. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, it becomes more humbling maybe to realize we're all, we're all, we all have challenges and issues and things we deal with and learn from them. And, um, I think it's, I think sometimes those things are actually what makes, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the flaws in the granite or the, or the, mm -hmm. you know, it's like that, that actually, it, it, it means even more, you know, and it's like, I remember, and I'm going to hack this, but uh, Pope Francis, you know, was, you know, whatever christened pope or like made pope and he and he came out for his very first address very almost i think it was because i remember watching i was at work and uh we're at the agency and and we had these tvs all over the place and it was like whatever three o'clock in the afternoon here and uh and i flipped on you know cnn or something and i was like what are we watching (laughs) let's just watch And and it was either it was either if not the first sentence it was very very early on in his remarks and essentially you know, he, he, he had, he had said, you know, I'm a sinner. Like that was, and that's kind of how he was introducing himself to the world, uh, of, of just acknowledging that, you know, talk about moral, he's mortal, you know, we all are. And that's part of, I think the, the beauty of it is, is, uh, is that we're all helping each other out, you know? And yeah. And I think it's humbling to realize, you know, for me to realize my brothers aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. Uh, but I think it, it's, uh, it's encouraging to know we can help each other. Uh, we have examples of perseverance and dealing with challenges and issues and, um, I, and you know, how you can build a better family, how you build better relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not perfection, I guess. No, no, the holiness is in the effort, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, awesome. Well, we could talk all day, uh, but we know we've got, we've got things to do this afternoon. So let's move yes. on. Uh, so uh, we are now to the fun segment of the show. Uh, and so same three questions uh. asked of all guests uh, and, and all of the guests, just as a reminder to everybody listening, they've had these questions in advance. So 
even though I think you've, you've only had them for about 24 hours. So you had 24 hours to think of these. Mm. And so we'll, uh, we'll knock these out. So fun segment question number one. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow, and uh, which would mean that he would have to be able to find his way to your house. So that's <laughs> one thing. So, but he's Jesus. He's got, I'm he's pretty got sure that. he's been here before. Exactly. <laughs> he's got the holy GPS. So knocks on your door tomorrow morning and just wants to hang out for the day. Yeah. What are you going to do with him? Oh, great question. You know, my initial thought was, I don't have a funny answer for you, unfortunately. No, um, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I would take him to the gun range, um, but we can't do that because I couldn't hear him, but maybe we wouldn't actually talk. We'd have a different way of communicating, I suppose. I think I'd want to take him camping for the day. Cool. Uh, so uh, for me, that's a great opportunity to unplug, um, to, you know, disconnect from the world in a certain way. Uh, I love to um, hike, to be out in a boat. Uh, to sit around the fire and talk, to read books. So I think, I think we would go camping, and we would spend a significant amount of time uh, doing a Bible study, mm-hmm. focused on the Gospels for sure, maybe Acts of the Apostles. And uh, it would be an opportunity for me to just learn and ask questions and, and really have him help me figure out a way to be a better father, a better husband, a better Catholic, a better leader. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, just having that time. Yeah, taking good notes for sure, so you can share it with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, guess what I did today? Yeah, yeah I hung out with Jesus. Uh, exactly. Right. All right. Fun. Now, segment. if I had more than twenty four hours, maybe I'd come up with a better. No, idea, hey, but. that's 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 plenty plenty to do. All right. Fun segment question number two: mm-hmm. If you could go to church with any other guy, yeah. uh, living or dead, and famous or not, you don't even have to to have known this person yeah. you talk about, all the stuff you've read in history. So, but it's just one guy and it can't be Jesus because you already went camping with him. So uh, going to church with any other guy living or dead, who would it be? Well, you probably can tell already based upon an earlier conversation, for sure it'd be my dad. Yeah. It would absolutely be my dad. In fact, I think last week was 27 years since he died, wow. which is amazing. And you know, it's interesting as, as the years go by, there's more and more things that you can't remember. But when I'm at church, I can still hear his voice. Oh, you know, we had we had the McGurin family, contemporary <laughs> choir, uh, all the brothers yeah. um, at Blessed Sacrament Parish. I mean, it depends. Sometimes it was two boys. Sometimes it was all of us, different instruments, guitars, trumpets, violin, oh. and, and my dad and I always sang the melody part. You yeah. know, and uh, and I can I can still hear his voice in my ear, and uh, and so that's who I would definitely go to mass with yeah. because when I'm at mass, you know, it's funny. People will say. You know, Christianity is just a crutch for weak-minded people. <laughs> I say, okay, well, what if it is? What, what, but for me, I mean, my faith is, is it's just another reminder of how to be a good person. Yeah. And if it's, if it's my faith that helps me do that, then so be it. And for me, when I'm at church I, I've, I, and I can hear my dad, it's where I hear him saying, hey, Danny, be a good father, yeah. be a good husband take care of your mother, you know? And, uh, so that's absolutely who I would go to mass with. Oh man. That is just so, that's just beautiful. I love that. I would want to be in the pew right behind you, <laughs> you know, or right in front of you. I'd rather be right in front of you so I could hear you singing. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're in front of us, it would be quite loud. <laughs> my kids, my kids still, I don't think enjoy how loud oh, I, I love it. Church. I love it. I love it. All right. Last, uh, fun segment question. Number three, um, 
and I know this is not a hypothetical question because you are so right. generous with, with things like this, but if you could give advice, or maybe it's when you give advice, when you give advice to younger men about how to get just more comfortable in their faith, confident in living a life of faith, what, what, what would you say to a younger men or what do you say to younger men? It's what I say to my sons. So I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old son, as you well know. And uh, I tell them it's part of being a man. Part of being a man is many things. And it is protecting your family, taking care of your mother, looking after your siblings, uh, you know, standing up for your country. But it's also standing up for your faith and being proud of your faith. And to be a man is to be proud of your faith and live your faith. It's not... It's not to denigrate your faith. It's not to laugh about it. It's not to, when you and your buddies are together, you're going to act a different way. Uh, to be a man is to live your faith, and that's the message I try to give them. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of amazed sometimes, Jeff. You know, my son Joe will we'll get done with a mass, and he'll talk about the homily. Yeah. Like, maybe a homily that I kind of tuned out of. <laughs> and he's like, Dad, I totally understood. This is what I'm, th-. and I think, yeah. wow. Wow, he's listening. Uh, You know, I'm actually reading a book right now, too. I want to do a book study with my boys. Uh, Kennedy Hall wrote a book called Terror of Demons, St. Joseph. And it's all about Catholic masculinity. And, you know, doing a book study with uh, my two sons on what it means to be a Catholic man. And uh, I'll let you know how it turns out. We just started. Yeah, what a cool experience for them. And just to, to see their dad living so boldly. You know, and that's, that is the, uh, that's a little bit of the thesis of today's episode. Mm. So thank you so yeah. much, Dan, for being on the show and everything that you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jeff. It's great to see you. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.